This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Obviously, you know, big game next week, but you know, you got we're focusing on Illinois right now. 0-0 in the conference play. You know, we've, we've always been preaching. I know you guys hear Muhammad preach. We want big things this year. Conference, we want to come out victorious being on top. So, I mean, yeah, we, we were thinking about next week as well, but we want to perfect ourselves this week against Illinois and kind of, you know, be 1-0 going into next week. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, and Mike Wheeler as we're taking your questions in the mailbag. That was Colin Miller, by the way, just discussing not looking ahead to next weekend's big showdown with the Ohio State, a 6.30 ABC national television game. But, Mike, uh, mailbag time. What do you have to start us out? All right, so uh, Colin actually uh, gave us a good little segue into our first question here. Uh, we're about to start conference play now. So what are your guys' predictions for NU's conference record this year? Whew. Yeah, I think when you look on paper, Ohio State's going to be favored in terms of points over Nebraska. I still don't know if Iowa's favored in Lincoln for that game. I, I, I know Iowa's looked good at times. I think Wisconsin might be a slight favorite right now. Um, but I, I still think a 6-3 and three Big Ten record, very attainable, and I'm not throwing out the window 7-2. and two. Um, I think 6-3 and three can very much happen. I would probably go 6-3 and three right now just on the conservative side. Um, you know, now if Nebraska continues to improve, um, which they made a big jump forward last week, and if they look really good you know, against Illinois, that might alter my opinion to where I'm more comfortable going, 7, maybe even 8. But right now I think 6-3 and three is um, – probably realistic you know when you consider that you know they they got a pretty tough slate coming up here granted those games are at home but that also includes a road trip to minnesota which is still undefeated somehow uh you know maryland's better than people thought purdue is you know going to be sneaky so um you know there's uh, plenty of um kind of toss-up games that i just don't know enough about nebraska right now uh to feel overly confident one way or another so i think six and three is safe but that can change drastically, I think, depending on what happens over the next week or two. I'm at six and three as well, and and I think you're you're absolutely right, Robin. I don't know if we know quite enough about this team right now, um, but I, right now I do feel confident saying six and three. But there are swing games like a Wisconsin or an Iowa, um, you know, or even a Northwestern or Minnesota. I mean, there you could some of those games are kind of coin flips at this point. So. Um, I see six and three, but that could be, um, you know, improved by a game or, or could, could kind of go down by a game as well. All right. So now that we're a few games in here, uh, do you guys think that the tight end play in the offense has been on par below or above expectations? I mean, I think to an extent it's been on par. I mean, I, I just, I don't know what people's expectations are. I mean, I, I think people think all of a sudden Nebraska should just have a bunch of Travis Kelsey type tight end plays. I don't know if that's realistic. I think we've seen moments and, and things from the tight end. I'd like to see Austin Allen probably have a bigger role. I think he's a good receiver, has good instincts, as we saw last week. Uh, Jack Stoll has had some big moments, and Kurt Raftall just plays limited snaps. So we're really just talking about Stoll and Allen right now, and Stoll, I think, has probably been about par, and Allen has not had a lot of reps. Yeah, the ball's thrown his way. Right, and I think that just comes down to the, a lack of opportunities. And you could say the same thing for the wide receivers. is They're just not getting the ball spread out enough to where, uh, you know, let alone your starting tight end, you know, your second team tight end is going to get a bunch of targets his way. So, you know, I think as the passing game continues to develop and, you know, some of those issues get shored up, the tight end will become a bigger part in this passing game. And guys like Austin Allen are going to make bigger impacts. But I think by and large, it's it's on par. You know, I didn't expect the world from these guys. I expected them to be better. And I think they are better than what they were a year ago. Yeah, I, I think they're right about on par right now. I, I think there has been some improvement. 
uh, especially with with uh, some of the blocking and route running uh, the, compared to what we saw last year. And I still think that we're going to see more of these guys uh, as we get into conference play. I know I feel like during fall camp, there's a lot of talk about having you know a lot of two tight end sets uh, out there and, and doing some different things with the tight ends. And we really haven't seen a whole lot of that yet. So I, I think there's still some more out there that we could see from these guys. We're taking your questions here in the mailbag. What do you have next, Mike? All right, so we'll switch over here to basketball. Kind of a, a pretty broad question here, and and uh, I know how this might sound, but uh, maybe just give your take. How many basketball players will be signed in the 2020 class? Well, two for sure. Uh, and then you're looking at probably into the spring before we know if there's going to be any more. I mean, obviously, you can probably count on there being some attrition. There always is. There always will be. Uh, it's a matter of how much. And so you're in the spring, you're kind of having looking at a pretty picked-over high school crop and given this staff's uh, you know desire to go after transfers a lot I would anticipate if there are any more openings it would be from you know the junior college ranks or traditional transfer because they always like to have that one one or two sit out guy to have ready for the next season and right now they don't have that so that would be my best guess and so we'll see kind of what happens if there are even mid-year transfers or uh, at the end of the season but I would anticipate there being at least one more spot so at the minimum I'm saying three all right, now, now we'll move over to here to recruiting, kind of a specific recruiting question here. Uh, but will Nebraska sign a scholarship kicker for the 2020 class? We have, you know, uh, had some trouble with the kicking situation, but uh, what do you think, Nate? I, I don't think so. Um, you know, if, if for some reason Barrett Pickering's mysterious injury lingers and continues and, and it could quite possibly be something that I think costs him, um, you know, a ton of time or, or maybe even, you know, allow you know makes him hang it hang it up completely then I think we could see Nebraska really push for um, you know maybe taking a scholarship kicker in this class but they have offered walk-on spots to a, a couple kickers now um, and, and a couple of long snappers I already have a long snapper walk-on commit but I don't foresee them using a scholarship on any specialists in in this uh, 2020 class yeah it seems really odd to, to even think about it and like you said unless Pickering's deal is never going to go away yeah. and and he's in bad graces for whatever out of reason, but I, I just would be shocked. Um, he's a sophomore, right? You're not going to carry that many scholarships for place kickers. What uh, will be interesting, Nate, if this lingers, could it be a deal where he could be a four game redshirt guy? Well, yeah, I think that's at some point in time you have to kind of look at it and say, okay, uh, we're just going to have him have him kind of back off completely because right now he's on a kick count or a pitch count or whatever. However, the staff kind of wants to. To call it and and they're they're watching him real closely and uh you know if it's something that he doesn't doesn't improve or, or is not getting better or is actually getting worse i think that you have to look at it and say okay well we're just going to completely have him back off and just redshirt him and, and save a year of eligibility we got time for two quick more questions mike what do you have all right uh so uh, devoid of all emotion here uh very unbiased what are your guys's grades for martinez so far I would put him at a B. Um, I think the expectation was almost so high that it was going to be hard for him to ever meet it. But I think he's been good at times. I think the protection's been an issue at times, which hurt has hurt him as a runner um, and maybe put more pressure on him when he throws. But I'd probably say a B. Yeah, I'll probably go B minus just because you know, we did come in with such big expectations. And a lot of that was driven by the staff. I mean, they're telling, saying he's on a further further ahead on the track than Mackenzie Milton was and uh, how he could be the greatest Nebraska quarterback ever to play here. And he was far from that through the first two games. Made a good step in the right direction against Northern Illinois, but um, you know, left a lot to be desired. So 
decent grade, but you know, still a lot to prove. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and go with a B. And and I think because I do think that a lot of his I don't and I hate to even say that pro, there are problems, but I feel like maybe a lot of the reason why he didn't meet or hasn't met expectations so far is because he has been dealing with. Um, you know, with a new offensive line, he was dealing with some poor snaps and and uh, a lot of different issues. So uh, I think if he continues to to improve and, and the offense continues to take steps forward, that grade could very well go up. All right, guys, last one here. You guys all have kids, so you'll uh, answer this a lot better than I can. But this is more of an advice question here. <laughs> you can only pick one kid friendly place to go in Lincoln on game day before you go into the game. Where are you going? Probably the Union. I think that is a safe bet to take kids there's chick-fil-a and steak and shake and valentino's and chinese food and subway um you've got ice cream you got a starbucks you got tvs um so to me the union is probably your safest bet where you're going to maybe keep kids away from all the chaos of things that maybe you don't want your kids to see at a very young age yeah what's the little pavilion deal they do the husker nation husker nation pavilion i think that's pretty safe place to go you know obviously kid friendly no booze in there uh and you're right by the stadium so you get kind of that game day atmosphere where you're not too removed from it uh you know they got tvs so you can watch other games uh and obviously a lot of stuff to keep your kids occupied that would probably be my vote i don't believe in sheltering my children i, I am taking them <laughs> to take the berries uh, we're going to berries <laughs> we're, we're we're crushing runzas and in the uh, rooftop va- yep and, and valentino's we're doing everything it's their rocks off the rooftop yep and, and so you know what and, and and i'm explaining to them this is a, a nebraska game day and this is tradition um and one day maybe you will do this so we were at that meeting open doors with blake lawrence and his guys last week and that place when I was growing up used to be a video arcade for you know years and years. It was called like Coin Fact, something mm-hmm. Coin Fun. And my dad, when I'd come to games and I was like 13, 12, 13, 14, he'd give me a $10 bill and say, go to the arcade. And he'd go meet his friends at Barry. <laughs> so and then he goes, go meet me at the seats. And so I, I would meet, I would, at that age, I could navigate myself around campus. And he goes, it was like your recruiting trip. I wanted you to understand Lincoln and go to campus. and. Uh, then I'd find my dad in, in road 88 of South End Zone 16A. Nate, you just got to be ready for when your daughter comes back and says, why were those guys puking at 10 o'clock <laughs> in the morning in the parking lot? I'm like, well, kegs and eggs. Kegs sweetheart. and eggs, baby. <laughs> Breakfast gets you every time. <laughs> All right, thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, when we come back, uh, busy recruiting week for Nebraska. Six official visitors and possibly 11 or more coming for Ohio State. We'll get Nate's thoughts on all that next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show.